Shabbat Shalom. When I started rabbinical school at JTS, the Jewish Theological Seminary, I wasn't coming from a strong background of, of synagogue skills. I loved Judaism. Uh, I loved being a part of the Jewish people. Did not grow up uh, knowing a lot about what took place liturgically or uh, ritually. And so I had a rule. Um, I sat as far in the back as I could in the sanctuary, in the Willis Sanctuary uh, at the seminary. And I would watch the dean of the rabbinical school, a rabbi named Bill Lebo, and I'd basically just do whatever he did. If he stood up, I would stand up. If he put on his talis, I'd put on my talis. If he I'd just, whatever, if it was good enough for the dean, it was good enough for me. And we got to the holiday of Sukkot. And I was already a little bit unsure of what to do. It's hard, especially in a pressurized situation like the seminary, to not know what's going on or to feel like you're supposed to know and not know. We can't all come in like Rabbi Gelfand just knowing everything already. And, okay, so, so when we got to Sukkot, I was already feeling a little uncomfortable. And then someone told me I had to have my own lulav and etrog. I'd never done that before. I brought it to shul every morning. Okay, fine. Then we get to Hoshana Rabbah. Yeah, some of you, three of you know what I'm about to say. So Hoshana Rabbah, which we're going to do tomorrow, 9 a.m. in the chapel. You are all invited. Is uh, as the you do right before the second days of Yontav, and it has this extra thing with willow bundles of willow branches. Did you cut the willows yesterday, Chazan? All right, thank you. Freshly cut willows, guys. Come at nine tomorrow. So we're standing in shul, and I've got my lulav and my etrog, and I feel a little weird. That's okay. Then they start to pass out extra bundles of more willows. I think, okay, fine. More leaves is better than fewer leaves, I guess. Let's hold it. Okay. And then comes a point in the service where everyone drops to the ground and starts bashing the floor with the extra willow branches. Trust me, this is a real thing. And I'm thinking to myself, no, no way. This can't be what we do as rabbis here. And sure enough, Rabbi Lebo, the dean, is on the ground beating the willow against the chair and the floor. And I think, okay. And so I very tentatively go and I touch my willows too with the ground, thinking that as soon as I do, they're all going to stand up and go, we got him to do it. But it's a real thing. It's a real custom that is meant for a number of reasons. But one of them is it's really a part of this praying for rain. And one of the theories is that the sound of the branches hitting the ground and the sweat is meant to mimic a rainstorm of some kind. And I realized in this moment a couple of things. I had no idea about this tradition because I didn't grow up with it. It wasn't something that I had a part of. But to be frank and honest, I also just the idea of what it is to experience a rainstorm in the woods and hear the rain coming through the trees and hear the wind is also not really a part of my lived experience. And the whole holiday of Sukkot is full. <laughs> Sorry, she's my daughter. It's okay. <laughs> the whole holiday of Sukkot is full of these images that might not really matter to us because 
our lived experience has changed over the years. I can't put it in starker terms than this. If you go, if you ask my daughter there what it means to talk to someone on the phone, I'm really tempted to try this in real time. Seiji, Seiji, what does it mean to talk on the phone? She's going to hold up her hand. Anyone, little kids today, if you say, if you pretend to talk on the phone, she's going to hold her hand up like this. If you do this, she has no idea what you're talking about because human experience has changed. And with it, literally the symbols that we use lose their meaning and need to be re-upped or re-given to new meaning. Now, this is a phenomenon that has been noticed by more than just me. It's actually what um, Robert Michael Pyle calls the extinction of experience. Right? When our experience changes so much that meaning and ritual around us has to change as well. But it was, and it is sometimes cute and it is sometimes a little funny, like on Sukkot, but it can also be a little bit scary or dangerous when we see the world around us changing to the point that the people in it don't have the same linguistic or ritual language that we do. And I want to invite, as an Ushpiz, I want to invite someone in who, who noted this years and years ago, um, a man named uh, Aldo Leopold. Aldo Leopold, we're going to hear a lot about him over the years, friends. He's one of my favorite thinkers there is. Um, he's from Madison, Wisconsin, uh, and was the founder of American Conservation. And what he lived in a shack just outside of Madison, and he wrote something called the Sand County Almanac. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. And in it, he writes, there are two spiritual dangers in not owning a farm. One is the danger of supposing that breakfast comes from the grocery store and the other that heat comes from the furnace. Aldo Leopold was looking at the world around him and he saw the industrialization, he saw the mechanization, he saw the ways in which humans do our best to shut out not only the natural world, but even our experience of the natural world. Right? You can get tomatoes anytime you want. You can get fruit whenever you want. We do so much to make sure that we don't really feel the natural world at all. And for Leopold, this is a problem. And for Leopold, this is a problem for two reasons. One is the general disconnect. But the other is what that means about how we treat the world around us. Because if we are no longer connected to it, if we no longer appreciate it, then we're going to destroy it. And so Leopold writing in the 50s and seeing this trend of consumption and destruction and the prioritization of our experience over whatever is best for the world worried him. And it worried him because of the disconnect. And so he wrote that we all have to have what he calls the quality of perception. And this is one of the things that we can do when we see something in the world. Don't know, the quality of perception, he writes, is to be able to understand the natural world. You don't need a botanist's degree, but to just look at the way that the world is and to see it as something miraculous. To see it as, he writes, the quality of perception, I actually probably wrote it down, yeah, but I know it. And he writes, the quality of perception is important because the process of a hawk swooping to the ground, if you're there to appreciate the hawk, if you're concerned with the quality of the world, it can be enjoyed a thousand times. If you're worried about your sheep, it can only be experienced once. 
because you respond with a shotgun. And so Aldo Leopold wants us to look out into the world and appreciate the things that we see. And writing at the exact same time, their books come out about two years apart. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel says the same thing, but he calls it something else. He calls it radical amazement. And he says that the root of all sin is indifference to the sublime wonder of living. That to be able to look at the world around us and to just have amazement at what it is, is so important. Not just for Leopold, it's about connecting us to the natural world. For Heschel, it's about connecting us to one another and to God. To experience the world around us with amazement at all of the things that we can see and do. And in this, Leopold and Heschel, who I don't think ever knew each other, although they were both in Germany for about a year together, and I kind of imagine maybe they hung out at coffee shops and talked, but that's someone will write a PhD about it, not me. There are two different responses to not knowing something. For Leopold, when you don't know, he wants you to learn as much as you possibly can so that you can appreciate the way the hawk moves and why the hawk moves or the growth of the plants or the seasons turning. He thinks that the root out of ignorance is knowledge and the way to appreciate the world around us is by learning more. And Heschel, who is plenty learned, don't get, us, don't get me wrong, Heschel thinks that we actually live in that place of ignorance and find amazement there oh, wow, this world is incredible and I don't quite understand it all. How amazing is that? Two responses to sitting in this place of not knowing and reacting in a way of appreciation and amazement to understand better or to be amazed by the things that we don't know. Heschel, I'm told, used to sit in his classes and he would start and he would say, did you all hear a miracle happened today? And everyone would think, what, what, what was it? And he would say, the sun came up. Because just the act of the sun rising, the fact that the planet turned, all of these things is miraculous that we're able to live in this way. And what does it mean to sit and to just be amazed in that moment? And finally, we see all of this in the Torah reading for today. Because Moses, who has the most immediate experience of relationship to God of anyone in the world, when Moses asks the big thing that he wants, he wants to know God. He wants to see God's glory. He wants to be a part of this. And God says, no one can see my face and live, but you can see my back. And in this moment, God is setting up the system that Leopold and Heschel want us to live in, which is to say, there are just things we cannot know. There, there are times where we are going to be like Ethan in rabbinical school, sitting in the back of the room, just hoping we can understand what's happening, just trying to follow along. And that's actually okay. It's the system God has set up because what Moses did, does in this moment that we read about is find closeness to God in just seeing God's back, in an appreciation of watching where God has been and what God leaves behind. And so too, Heschel asks us to find appreciation in watching what God has created for us, in being with the people around us, in the amazement that there is, where Leopold asks, asks us to find contentment, not in the manipulation of our world, but in the perception of our world, in seeing what it is and what it can be, and seeing just all of the miracles that go on all around us. 
All of this is also asked of us by the holiday of Sukkot. And so as we go out into the world and the rest of our holiday and our Shabbat today, we sit in our sukkah and we perceive the world around us from the outside. And we're amazed by all of the things that we can benefit from, by all of the things that affect us, by all of the things that are miraculous every day. We can find Heschel's radical amazement and maybe, just maybe try to see God's back at the same time. Shabbat Shalom.